Hey guys, this is the Better Pleasure Podcast, and I'm Bethany. And I'm Katie. And we are going to talk about the Bible and love, lust, and life. Here's our episode two. Last episode, Bethany brought up a section of scripture that I thought would be a wonderful starting point for today's episode. So we're going to hunker in and take a look at John verses or John chapter 17, verses 24 through 26, and hopefully talk about how Jesus wants to be intimate with us. So let's go ahead and open our Bibles and have a read. Okay, so it says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Awesome. Thank you. So in our Bibles, we have red letter Bibles, uh, which means that when it's red letters, Jesus is speaking. So this section and all the way, I mean, many, many, many verses for the last many pages here from are Jesus speaking, which it's a wonderful section of scripture if... You find yourself asking, I wonder what God has to say to me right now, or um, I don't know, sometimes I've even heard folks just read the red letters for a a section of their life, Mm -hmm. just wanting to, um, I mean, the whole word is the breath of God, but sometimes it's nice to just have that quoted Uh, material from Jesus. So Jesus is speaking here, and um, contextually, he's with the disciples. They have just recently celebrated their last Lord's Supper in the upper room, where Jesus washed their feet, and where he admitted uh, his knowledge of the fact that one of them would betray him. Um, In it, I'm, I'm not sure how quickly um, after all of that occurred comes this point where he's speaking here, but um, in my mind's eye, I see that low to the ground, rough-hewn table that all of the disciples are meeting at and gathering at, and they're breaking bread, and they're drinking wine, and Jesus is saying, this bread and this wine is me take of me, I am your life. And um, and John, the beloved, is curled up on Jesus's chest and uh, whispers in his ear, who's the one that will betray you? And just this, this scene of closeness, both in physical proximity and then in eternal reality. <laughs> uh, and then we come to this prayer uh, slash teaching from Jesus. And it culminates at the end of chapter 17 in John um, with the very next phrase in chapter 18 being, when Jesus had spoken these things, he went out with his disciples and there was a garden. So chapter 18 begins the Garden of Gethsemane, um, which is the point at which Jesus is betrayed. And, um, And so I 
like this section in considering it is the very last prayer of Jesus like before word. Mm-hmm, yeah before he is uh, begins the process of the cross and um, so it's like I heard somebody teach it once that like um, if at that moment right before the most difficult thing God himself would ever walk through you could lean in and wonder what he wanted mm-hmm. what does God want what does Jesus want before he goes to the cross and, um, you know, we know that Jesus is fully man and fully God. And so somehow he knew the cross was on the docket the whole time. Um, he obeyed the will of the Father um, in every way. But I just see this incredible relationship pictured between the Father and the Son in this, in this last little moment before Jesus is going to fully follow through with being obedient to the Father and go to the cross. And it's as if the Father is saying, what do you want, my son? What what can I give you? You know, uh, I know you're going to be obedient and, and just tell me what you want. And so Jesus' response here in verse 24 is, Father, I desire. What? <laughs> what does Jesus, God, desire? that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. So we'll get into a little bit more here as, as we go along, but I think that that phrase is something we could meditate on day in and day out and hold close to our hearts and find power in daily. That Jesus desires that we would be with him where he is. I... I don't know that other gods of other religions care to have their people with them, near them. I mean, Jesus, God, very God, allowed John to curl up on his chest. Um, He allowed at least one, maybe multiple women to wash his feet um, and be so close and near and tender um, to him. And so I love that. I love that his heart is that he desires his people to be with him where he is. Yeah, and it makes me think about how we're created in the image of God and that we long for those things as well. We long to know and to be known and that put within us is um, this desire, this heart of God to be known by others and to also be known by God and to walk in nearness to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that without those things there's going to be a thirst and an emptiness um, that can never be satisfied without um, without relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. Um, That's such a good point that um, God created all things and created us and created us with a need for almost an insatiable need for intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in you know, how cool uh, that we have this God that, that, so one of the things like God is love, First John 4 says, and so God is not like love, but he is love. He's completely love. 
Um, well, I know Bo is taught like you can't love is not um, an individual characteristic. Love only exists in partnership, mm-hmm. in in um, in relationship. And so, if God is love all by Himself, then there has to be relationship within God mm-hmm. all by Himself. Um, and so, we serve one God who is three. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think it's such a beautiful um, thing that God in himself is love and created us to need love and to be loved. Um, and that is ultimately perfectly accomplished in relationship with him. And, um, yeah, I'm just glad that he wants me with with him where he is. And, um, and so he continues to say that they may behold my glory with which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And another thing I I am encouraged by is thinking about how much does the Father love Jesus? Um, Like a ton, like the billions of billions of billions, the most ever. How much does the Father love Jesus? And Jesus says that that same love is the love that he has for me Mm -hmm. um, and for us. That it's, it's, um, it's, it's a shoreless ocean. It's boundless. It's, it's forever. I mean, there is no limit to the amount of love the Father has for Jesus. And that overwhelming, overflowing, never ending love is for, for Katie Mm -hmm. too. And, um, Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God, for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oftentimes I think, um, at least in Running Light Ministries, there's sort of this, um, there's an there's an aching, there's, um, there's a reason why people come to this ministry in the sense that whether it's that um, we're struggling with lust or we've been hurt by someone that struggles with lust, that... Um, there's this aching to um, be known and um, even with things like pornography or adultery or lust that um, there's a sort of counterfeit I guess Mm -hmm. um, that those things present to us which um, is ultimately rooted in needing love and wanting love and needing to be known um, and loved in that intimate way. And um, and so I feel like the remedy for that problem is to be loved by God and to really know his love. Um, and it's one of those things where it's, it's difficult because we don't see God and... Mm-hmm. Um, he's not here right in front of us, um, but sometimes other things are. Um, mm-hmm. So how do we really hunker down and know God's love? How do we um, how do we remedy the longing that we have within us that is um, that thirst that is so. Um, that is so, it's such a need really mm-hmm. in all of our lives and left, you know, unquenched, um, we will, um, stray. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll find a substitute. Mm-hmm. 
and it's pleasurable for a time. Mm-hmm. I know Bo says, you know, we wouldn't sin if it wasn't pleasurable. You know, there's there's something to it. But yeah, that's um, that's so good. I'm I'm <clears throat> excuse me. I'm remembering that <clears throat> um, when I was in the middle of um, my adultery, I remember praying a prayer to God. You have to show me that your love is more pleasurable than this, um, which is an incredibly rude. <laughs> Uh, proud prayer to pray um, to the God who is love. Um, but he is love and he is merciful and patient and tender and kind and has been showing me mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, first of all, the the counterfeit that is offered always comes with destruction Mm -hmm. and pain and crap and so um that's one that's one way that god's love wins is that um his love is always good Mm -hmm. uh, and and for our betterment and uh so anyhow i i agree that it's those counterfeits that we think will satisfy i also was um kind of blown away one time when uh one of the brothers in the ministry shared with me like the they don't they didn't go to uh the counterfeit but uh, of pornography from a place of like um, feeling great about themselves or feeling proud or feeling um, on top of the world that they went to it from a place of lacking confidence Mm -hmm. of a place of not enough um, and that somehow this uh, avenue would bring worth to them Mm -hmm. Um, and and at that point as the wife of a husband struggling with that um, it just really opened my mind and blew my mind I wanted to be angry uh, at him and hold his sin over him as though he were doing it to spite me to be mean to me to um, you know that that I just didn't see it that way I I I had no uh, I, I just didn't realize that that my husband was coming from a place of weakness and going to get that, um, that feeling that, um, you know, that, that he was empty and he was looking for worth or value or, or something, um, to fill him and make him, um, whole. And, um, and so you're absolutely right. You know, we have this need, we're created with this need. And if we aren't, among a group of folks helping us realize that Jesus is the filling um, and constantly reminding us of that or um, or just our flesh gets the better of us at times and we go to that um, that empty thing to try and fill us again and mm-hmm. um, but you know and and to tie to tie it back I guess even to what we're looking at in this passage like this prayer comes again right after Jesus breaks bread and dips it in the wine with Judas, his betrayer. And so right, you know, moments before, hours before, I don't know, but he was with these men um, knowing one would send him to the cross. And, and yet his prayer is, Father, I desire they would be with me. And uh Judas was certainly not the only one to sin (laughs) out of that group. They all did. They all chose other things at different times than their Christ. And um, he sees it all. He sees every 
wrong drink. You know, if we're to drink from him and, and, and we don't, and we go take wrong drinks, man, he sees it all. And he says, come on, return, come back to me, drink from me. That thing's like salt water. I'm fresh water. I am living water. That thing's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you with shame. It's going to leave you with pain. I am the living water of God. Come drink deeply from me. Mm-hmm. One of the Psalms, I think it is, says that, um, come drink from the rivers of my pleasure, God says. Um, which is awesome. Thank you, God. That Again, it's unending. It's overflowing. Um, and and it washes us. Mm-hmm. It not only does it fill us completely and beautifully, but it washes us anew every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jesus knew that ultimately, not only that Judas would betray him, that all of them really mm-hmm. um, would leave him. Um, that one by one they would sort of all fall away. Um, and yet that's still his prayer. And what a beautiful thing to consider that God is praying for us, mm-hmm. uh, that he knows the areas that we will fail in, the areas that we are weak in. Um, and that he's interceding, that he's asking the Father um, on our behalf to move in our lives. And um, God loves Jesus so, so much. How could he say no to his Mm -hmm. son? Um, What a beautiful thing to consider. Um, God's love for his son and Jesus's love for his beloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'm reminded of a song of Solomon chapter five. No, I'm sorry. Chapter three at the end of chapter three, verse 11 says, go forth, O daughters of Zion and see King Solomon with the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day of the gladness of his heart. Um, and to, make that an allegorical application to Jesus and seeing, uh, which scripture does often, um, to see Jesus in that verse that the day of his wedding, which, um, it, the, the, this whole book that's before us, the Bible started with a relationship in the garden, uh, and that relationship between God and man was broken. And the whole Bible is a reclamation um, and a restoration. And then it culminates with a wedding mm-hmm. in Revelation. Uh, and so it's all about a restoration of a relationship. And uh, so the day of the wedding, Jesus said when he had that last supper, I will not take of this cup again until I have it with you again in heaven at our giant wedding celebration. Mm-hmm so to speak. Okay. And uh, so I love this verse in Song 311 that the day of his wedding is the day of the gladness of his heart. And I see that echoed in John 17. Father, I want them with me where I am. And Jesus said, I think it was uh, John 15, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's trying to get them all in this understanding of, uh, I'm, I'm going away, but, but it's all to bring you with me. It's, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you up into my arms and we're going to have a 
party, <laughs> an eternal party. Uh, and so the day of the gladness of his heart. And, um, and then we know that Hebrews tells us that it was for the joy set before him, the wedding coming, that he endured the cross. Uh, and so here we have this John 17 prayer right before the Garden of Gethsemane where he sweats blood in agony but accepts the will of the Father to go to the cross because of the joy set before him to have his beloved with him where he is. Uh, This is our God. This is the God we serve. This is the God who intercedes for us. Thank you for bringing that up, that he... He fights for us. He's at the right hand of the Father, and He sees all my junk and um, loves me more. Not, I was going to say, He sees all my junk and loves me the same. No, He loves me more, Um, which is silly because He can't love more because He's God, but (laughs) you guys get what I mean. But um, man, it's just, I I do, uh, I heard a chick preacher one time say, maybe girls just love love and maybe I do, but that's okay. I think we all do. I know my husband's so cute and sappy sometimes. And, um, we are made to love, love. Mm -hmm. We are made to love the verb capital L love the God. Mm -hmm. We are made to love, love himself. And, um, so I, I am so thankful that my Jesus wants me with him where he is that he has gone to prepare a place for me, but he's not absent. He's daily interceding. He's, he's, he's in my life. He's making me his beloved, preparing me for the wedding. And it is his joy uh, to, be, to be in our lives and to be working. And um... Yeah, I was thinking as you were talking that you said um, that we are meant to love love. And I think we are also meant to be loved by love. Mm -hmm. And I was looking back at um, this little bit in John 15 where he says, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And and then he goes on to say, um, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. And that's sort of what you were talking about, the joy. Um, what a neat thing to consider that when God looks at us, his heart is full of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another passage um, in the Old Testament that says, um, he delights over us with singing. Mm-hmm. He is a happy God. Mm-hmm. And um, for those of us that are just full of shame, Um, It's hard to imagine the Father and Jesus looking down from heaven, smiling at us Mm -hmm. with joy, with so much love Mm -hmm. in their hearts for us. Um, And what kind of comforts me about this passage is that Jesus Jesus knows what's about to happen, Mm -hmm. and he knows what his friends are about to do, that they're all going to abandon him, Mm -hmm. um, that they're going to forget. Um, everything that he just promised to them, that they're going to be scared and hiding and that they're going to run away Mm -hmm. and that he's going to be totally alone. And it's in this place that Jesus is praying for them and he knows the end of the story. Mm -hmm. He knows that he is coming back and 
Um, even last night, my husband and I were talking about um, Thomas and how God is so willing to show us his wounds. Mm. God is so willing to um, encourage us and to love us exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. And um, for me as a woman that had been hurt by my husband's struggles, I didn't really feel worthy of love and I didn't feel loved. And um, I put too much value for sure in um, my husband seeing him as kind of what made me, you know, worthy or, um, I found a lot of value, I guess you could say in my husband's love. Um, and when his love was lacking, that value felt really like extinguished mm -hmm. and small. And, um, and these are the passages that we need to sit in mm -hmm. and find truth to know that whatever has happened to us in our lives, whether we're being loved or not by a human, that God's love is infallible hmm. and always there, always sure, mm -hmm. always strong. Um, and Jesus demonstrates a, that to us perfectly here in this mm -hmm. passage in the way that he's loving those that are closest to him mm -hmm. and loving them despite all of their flaws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I, um, I don't remember particularly at what point it was, but it was maybe a year or something into my big shame pit after my confession. And, um, I had had a time in my walk with the Lord where I would, um, get images in my mind when I would ask and prayer for them. And anyways, those images had gone quiet for a while. And, um, so I think it was the first time I'd asked again, Lord, would you give me a, a vision or an image and a picture as I'm sitting here talking to you and being in prayer? Um, and I just felt so gross. Um, like just a, like that dog that goes back to their vomit, like that pig that's just covered in their whatever, you know, pig pen crap. Um, completely gross, gross, gross. Anyways. And so, um, I was praying and I got this image of, um, like a little tiny version of Katie <laughs> who, uh, lived, uh, like existed in the chest of Jesus. So it's, it, I hope I can explain it well, but, um, so like, in my mind's eye, I couldn't see Jesus's face, but I could see like his torso and, and I knew it was the Lord. And this little version of Katie dwelt inside him, inside his chest cavity. Uh, and she was like jumping and happy and full of sparkles and glitter. I mean, she was just, um, she was so free and I could like, I, I completely was in her mind when, when, when that part of my you know, little vision was going on. Like she was so happy. I mean, it was just perfect happiness and she was so loved and she was so known and, oh, she was just, it was this beautiful space inside the Lord there abiding in his love. Uh, and then she looked out and toward, to the left came this other version of Katie, which was the present Katie. Um, I, I had behind me like this, um, knapsack, you know, that they used to have like on the stick mm -hmm. <laughs> in the old cartoons. And, um, and I just was covered in like tar and 
poop and muck and um and my my knapsack thing was dragging on the ground behind me and I was just and it was all this sin and shame and memories and blah uh and I was like barely one foot in front of the other and I was all slouched over and I was just blah um and then I and and like the two Katie's looked at each other and and the Katie inside Jesus just exuded this. She didn't say anything, but she just exuded this like, what are you doing? <laughs> if you only knew, this is so good. And he loves you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throw it off. Throw off the weight. Um Man, it was beautiful, and it was a rocking, changing moment of, I mean, I still want to pick up that dirty knapsack, or whatever, that sounded like a di- poopy diaper, but I still want to, I still want to carry my shame at times again, and, um, but I'm so grateful that the Lord gave me this, this, I, and I felt it, and I saw it, and I knew it, that to abide in the branch, in the vine, to be hunkered down, that's like our word this episode, just, ooh, you know, I think one time we talked about, right, like sit down in it. Sit down in it. It was something about like a plant sitting their butt down in the dirt and just bloom where you're planted. I don't know. But anyways, just being in the Lord and his love. And um, there was no room for shame. There was like the the light casts out darkness. Like Mm -hmm. she could not know anything but his love for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean... Just earlier in that passage, we see that um, Jesus washes the disciples' mm-hmm. feet, that he is happy to take off his outer garment and to roll up his sleeves, and um, that's something that he does just before this, and um, Peter is very, very uncomfortable um, <laughs> and does not want to be washed, mm-hmm. um, and I think so many of us don't want to be washed you know we don't it's it's uncomfortable to be so loved mm-hmm. um and and really um there's no way to love without getting mucky mm-hmm. and dirty and the fact that jesus is you know gonna put that filth on his hands and touch us in our most barren, ugly, disgusting places. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard to want to let love into those places. Mm -hmm. Um, But he wants to. Mm -hmm. Um, He, it's the way that he loves. Um, And certainly we don't want to turn him away. Um, And we're changed when we let him touch us and love us in even those untouched and ugliest and darkest of places. Um, and so I would just encourage you guys, if you're in the place where, you know, shame is sitting on you, whether it's something that you've done or something that someone else has done in your life that maybe you feel responsible for, Mm. maybe you feel like it's your fault that you aren't enough or um, that um, you're just feeling not very worthy, not very valuable, 
not very loved to look at the cross. And I remember I heard this phrase once. Um, it said something like, you can um, determine something's value by what someone is willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could have a Van Gogh in your house and if someone's willing to pay $20 for it, it's worth $20. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the most valuable thing in the world and vice versa. You could have something that's, you know, I don't know, not valuable at all. And if someone's willing to pay loads of money for it, then, um, then that's, that's what it's worth. Whatever someone is willing to pay for it, that mm -hmm. determines its worth. And, um, and we can see here that Jesus paid everything, everything that he had I mean, I think of it as like a poker table sometimes where <laughs> all the chips are sliding forward. All, all the in. accounts mm -hmm. are being opened. Everything <clears throat> that he could have, everything that he could give, he gave to us. And I know for me, it's just such a comfort to know that I am loved mm -hmm. and that I am desired mm -hmm. um, and that I can find my identity in a God that is perfectly loving me, mm -hmm. that will never, ever hurt me, mm -hmm. um, that will never disappoint me in the way that he loves. Um, and, and in doing that, it takes some of the um, wrong value or pressure that I've put on my relationships to be filled and found in those things, as opposed to truly finding them in God mm -hmm. and letting that be the place that ultimately determines my value and my worth and my joy and, um, and that I can have this amazing relationship with, um, a God that loves me so much. Um, and, it is hard sometimes we talked just a little bit before, but how do we how do we be in relationship with an invisible God? And so maybe we could talk a little bit about that too. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Katie? Yeah, you know, um I Bethany has her Bible open and I'm glancing at it to Isaiah fifty four, which Isaiah is ugh, so yummy. It's such a great book. But um it yeah, I actually was thinking toward that end, even as you were speaking, that um I, when Ben deployed for the first time to Iraq as a Marine, I had a friend encourage me to try to know Jesus as my husband while he was away, while my husband was away. And it was the first time that that concept had been brought into my life. And um, so maybe that would be our uh, prayer for you or challenge to you guy or girl, married or single, mm -hmm. that you would begin to ask God to show you that he is your husband. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, feel free to ask for visions uh, or dreams or images, uh, words. Ask him to show you in scripture. Ask him to show you through the voice of a friend. Uh, but here in Isaiah 54, it says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. 
the Lord is your husband. Ask him what that means. And I promise you, in his time and in his way, he will reveal it in a way that is uh, just so sweet. And I pray that it would be very unique to you and to what you're struggling with, to what you're wondering about, to where you're hurting. Um, There's so much in scripture about uh, God being our husband. Uh, Even Bethany brought up the verse where he delights in you with singing. It's, I think, in Zephaniah. Uh, And in the original language, I'm probably mixing a couple of verses together, but in the original language, it speaks to him dancing over you with like backflips and leaps and, you know, that he's just, uh, and even as Bethany has spoken to it several times today, that he is happy to love you. He wants to love you. I mean, he does love you with joy. It was for the joy set before him. The day of his wedding is the day of the gladness of his heart. He desires you. Um, And Jesus is your husband. What does that mean? Looks like you have a verse you want to share. Oh, I was just thinking about um, this passage in John 17 that we've been reading um, that um, let's see, where is it? Um, I desire that they also whom you have given me be, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And just thinking about um, God's glory um, and that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives and It's his joy to love us, and it's also his joy to glorify his son, Mm -hmm. and that those things coincide Mm -hmm. together. And sometimes we can just be in the pit of destruction and wonder, you know, how how is life going to get better? Mm -hmm. You know, how is God going to make my life anything different than this Mm -hmm. and um i know for me we sort of lived in years in this place of just struggling struggling and um and that god is a redeemer we just read that in isaiah that he is a redeemer and um he loves to redeem not only because he loves you but because he loves his son mm-hmm. and Jesus gets all the glory mm-hmm. for the goodness and the work that he's doing in our lives. And, um, and even in just knowing the end of this story in John, that the cross is about to come mm-hmm. and, um, the disciples don't know that the cross is about to come. And they also don't know that Jesus is about to be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And, just to remember that in our circumstances, sometimes we just don't know mm-hmm. and we don't see very much <laughs> at all, but that God does see perfectly what he is doing in our lives and that he is full of love for you and for his son and that he is working and moving to bring about a plan for his glory and our good. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.